Real Fun DC. Hospitality and a little bit of sass are always on the menu. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Industry Night with me, your host, Nikki Nellis. Uh, if you're joining me for the first time, I really have no idea why, but welcome. A little background then on myself. So I've been covering the DC food, wine, and hospitality scene with a little bit of luxury and a, definitely a little bit of travel over the last 18 years. Um, you probably hear me, or you should hear me, and my husband, David Nellis, on Foodie and the Beast, the only food and wine radio variety variety show that's on 1500 AM and has been for the last 13 years. You also may hear me on WTOP radio. Radio seems to be my gig. Uh, I do lots of roundups and reports for them on what's happening in and around DC in the hospitality industry. You definitely should be following me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And lastly, where it all began, the list are you on it.com, the online e-zine that goes out to over 40,000 subscribers. And what I like to say is that we tell, we don't sell. We tell you everything that's happening. So it's up to you to decide whether or not it's worth it. Uh, but again, I want to thank you for joining me and just sort of tell you about in my previous life, I'm sure it will not surprise many of you, I was a total club kid and uh, not a funky club kid, like platform shoes, tiny shorts, sequin bra, club kid. And um, as soon as I got my fake ID when I was growing up in New Jersey, my girls and I, and sometimes the boys, all made our way to New York City and we hit the limelight and the tunnel and literally any club that would take us where we could dance and drink and dance maybe drink some more and mingle and meet people. My God, we had so much fun. And did the party continue in college? Yes, it did. I went to school in Boston where Wednesdays was M80 night. Thursdays was cities, not the city down here. That's later. Um, I can't remember where we went on Fridays. I think it could be access. I feel like Fridays was rotating. I can't remember where we went. Uh, but Saturday was always back to M80. And again, I had a crew. We danced, we drank, we partied. It, it was, I lived the life of Riley, whatever that means. It was so much fun. It was everything I wanted my college experience to be. And then I came down to DC and what did we have? We had fifth column, we had the vault, we had club Z. There was a cities here, not a club. It was a restaurant, but there was always dancing. And then Cafe Atlantico, the original used to erupt in dancing late night. Um, again, I had a lot of fun. I still have a ton of fun. Obviously you tune in and know what I'm doing. Um, but the clubbing industry has changed and not just because I'm older, but because it's evolved as well as it should have. And um, I really wanna talk about what clubbing is like today, especially after a pandemic. So I'm so lucky because I have Bo B. Biabani, who is joining me. He's with the Babylon Group, and he's got a long history of clubbing, and he's going to tell us all about it. Hey, Bo. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's so nice to have you. So, Bo, a little background on you before your clubbing days. Tell us where you're from and how you wound up in D.C., etc. Sure. So, um, I was growing up in Johannesburg uh, until I was about seven, and then um, I came into the U.S. at about that age and been here ever since and been a Washingtonian ever since. Never lived anywhere else. Oh, my God. So you basically you're not born here, but you've been raised in the D.C. area. Yes. Whole life. Okay. 
So at what point did you get into promotions, hospitality, like which part of the industry did you dip your toes into first? Sure. So we can get further even back, but we, we, my first foray was in um, around 2000, just before 2000, where we took over uh, Zebra Lounge. It used to be called Zebra Room. It was a little really cutesy uh, dive pizza place near the cathedral in the neighborhood mm-hmm. on Macomb, and we turned it into Zebra Lounge. Um, it was really something that people were looking for at the time. Uh, it, was, it was unusual, and we always look for what people are not doing or what people want. At the mm-hmm. time, we didn't even need locks on the doors. It was coffee in the morning, lattes, and then it was, there was a lunch. And as it progressed into the evening and into the week, it got we had DJs there. We had a bar. It was a great vibe. So it was mm-hmm. always open. And it was a wonderful neighborhood thing. Um, uh, we had some other coffee shops at the time. Okay, wait. Um, you're, you're, you are too far ahead. You keep saying we. Yeah. We don't know who we is. And <laughs> I, I w- would like to hear first how you got, who was the we that you decided to open up the Zebra Lounge? And I want to remind people that it was around 2000 that there was that real shift in uh, sort of the industry, the restaurant world and the club world, where people were recognizing that they can utilize the space all day, much like you, and lounge became a thing, right? Because it became sort of a terminology that was sort of retro, but sort of made its way back. Right. There was a, there, not many people were doing it then. We, we found a little bit of a niche there. People really liked it. We, um, I, I took over the coffee shops from uh, Kent Foster. They had Foster Brothers Coffees and okay. Foster Brother took over Zebra Lounge. They, they're the ones that got their hands on it first to change it into what it was. But were and you then, in promotions? Like, were you already in this world? What were you doing before you like took such a big step? Sure. So my first foray into retail was into the coffee shop world about 1998, around then. Um, We took over one uh, downtown. There was one at the Sam's Parking Shop in Connecticut Avenue that we opened. Um, And then we got our, I got my hands on uh, Zebra Lounge. And Zebra Lounge is what kind of gave me that clubby, loungy music, really interesting vibe kind of feel into the businesses that I was in. Before that, I was in mainly in uh, logistics and shipping. Um, yeah. and totally different. Totally, totally different. different. Totally <laughs> different. And then we ran smack into 9-11 around that time. And that changed the landscape a lot. Um, eventually, we sold out of the coffee shops. We sold out of uh, Zebra Lounge. And I went more into other industries. And I didn't foray back into clubbing until I felt that it was time for me. And there was spaces and, and, and uh, people in the industry that I wanted to do it with. And we started uh, a little place called Late Lounge, which is not far from the White House, mm-hmm. that we recently, uh, I, I recently took over from the other partners I had and retooled it into Saatchi Nightclub, which has been open right. for a month now. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so that was- but Were you yeah. a clubber? Did you go out? Like, did you- Yes. So was it something that you wanted? I mean, come on. Yes. I feel like you're- I feel So like I'm you're not going to say- <laughs> Exactly. I wasn't, I'm not going to say that I was probably around 14 when I first went into the clubs in DC. These even predated Z, Zebra Lounge. They, I'm sorry, uh, Club Z. It predated Fifth Column. It predated The Vault. I went to places, Windsor McKay's, Annie's, Patton's, Third Edition, The Library, Posers. Most of all these places were in the Georgetown area. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was Georgetown or Adams Morgan. A couple right. road clubs here and there. That was it. 
Not like yeah. today where we have all these great neighborhoods. Um, the, the top song that was playing when I first started to go to these venues was Sue Studio. That's oh my how long God, ago Collins. <laughs> that was what was blasting out of the speakers in Georgetown. Uh, this particular place was the library. I remember it was super interesting. Um, so that's where I kind of got the feel for it, the vibe for it. And the reason why I, I love the industry so much is I went into very non-sexy industries. Um, wonderful, great, uh, whatever, but it never gave me that, that, that jump out of bed energy, that, that adrenaline rush. Um, and so when I, when I nail it all down, they're, they're, they're candy shops, they're ice cream stores. People walk into these venues to have fun. If you mm -hmm. boil it down to the bear tax, where they come into these venues to have a good time. They've worked their week. They've, you know, hit the grind. They want to let go and they want to have a great time. And that's where the adrenaline rush comes in. If we create something and there's a line of people to waiting to get in, it's just an amazing feeling because we're, we're creating something that they want. Um, mm -hmm. and being in DC for so long, you know, I, I tend to think that I got the kind of my finger on the pulse of what people want and don't want is very different than any other city in the country. No, it's a tough city, um, especially for uh, clubs, I think. And it's not that we're uptight, that's not what it is, but it, it's, it is a hard city I feel like to hit. Like, honestly, I'll go back to my secret bra and short shorts and platform shoes with fishnet stockings. Yes. The very first time I came down to DC and I'm with my girlfriend and we're going to, I don't know, club seat, whatever we're going. And I show up at her place and she's like, I don't think they dress like that at the clubs here. <laughs> and I was like, of course they do. We're going clubbing. Right. And then I got there. I was like, oh my God, what's wrong with these people? They this? don't dress for the clubs. Now, fast forward till today, the city, uh, culturally, fashion-wise, everything. I mean, people dress. And I mean, there's, you know, I love how people sort of still poo-poo DC as far as a fashion smart city. That has changed drastically. The Hill is its own little cosmos of poor dressing, but everything else around it, just like you said, when I first came down here, I lived in Adams Morgan. I went to Adams Morgan, DuPont Circle, and Georgetown. That's where you went. There you go. I, I mean, I knew there was Capitol Hill, but what would I go there for? Um, but now, you know, the Navy Yards and, and Ivy City and the Wharf, I mean, there's, it, it's just an explosion of areas. Um, so now that you're a club owner and you have a lot, um, tell us about the different clubs that you're creating and their different vibes and, and what that looks like for you. I hate saying post pandemic cause I don't want to jinx it, but you know, as what happened for you, let's, let's start back a little bit. Okay. I re amend this. What happened for you when we shut down? What did okay. you do? And how many properties did you have at that time? <clears throat> Very good question. So at the time, um, one of our holdings was uh, Decades, which mm. we went against the grain of what people were doing when we started it. Um, there was a lot of you know, great EDM and techno music going on. And we said, you know what? Boom. Everyone had that song that really hit them in high school, when it really hit them in college, when you got <laughs> dumped or when you got this or when you were sad and you hear them on the radio and you just, you just go back there. Decades does that. It has 80s music, 90s music, 2000s music. And so it ended up being a unicorn and we're very lucky. It could have been a disaster, ended up being fantastic. Now, where is that club? That's in, that is uh, in DuPont Circle. DuPont Circle, okay. Yeah. 
And under it, we did a, um, a kind of a, 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 a diner club called Rewind, which plays off of decades. Um, and then we also had late lounge at the time, which is now Saatchi. Saatchi. And this was all pre-pandemic. Um, uh-huh. And, um, uh, d- d- you know, you hit the nail on the head that DC is a different city. It's not New York. It's not uh, Vegas. It's not Miami. It's different. So we, you, can, you can go up to the line. You can kind of color over the line. You can't go, you can't go nuts and go too far over. There's so many people here, so many, so much diversity. Um, and, you know, if you really love that and respect that, and, and I feel like if you have that in you, you know what you can give to, to, to create something that people want to do. So pre-pandemic, that's where we were. Pandemic hits, everything gets closed. And not only did no one know where the light, you know, no one saw the light at the end of the tunnel. We didn't even know how long the tunnel was, when it was going to end, what was going on. It was very scary for a lot of people, for a lot of reasons, as we all know. Um, I had a meeting uh, and with my people in my company at the time, just before we launched Babylon Group. And I said, if we're positioned correctly, we'll come out of this a lot different than if we're not positioned correctly. So we, we got aggressive and we watched the market, saw what happened. And we went in and picked up as many uh, great real estate venues uh, that we could, that were shuttered, that closed down, auctioned their stuff off, closed the business, and started to find uh, great places first. So we do everything in reverse. We don't have a great idea. Let's find out where to put it. We say, show me an amazing location, a great piece of real estate architecture that's in the right spot, and we'll put something in there that people want and people want to go to. So we mm-hmm. wanted to do these boutique locations. Um, and we can run through the list of, of the things that we came up with as we we're taking over these different venues um, that were basically going to be laying closed. Right, so, okay, so you really, I, what I love about that is that you really were like, okay, let's use this time. We don't know how long we have, but let's be smart about it. I, I'm gonna go a, a little bit of a sidebar. I'm just sort of curious, just because I talked to so many restaurant tours and, and, and people, you know, hotelers and people in the industry. How hard is it for you to work with uh, real estate people? And I'm not, I get real estate people on here too. I'm not slamming them, but let's be honest, the uh, real estate market is completely bloated here. And especially when it comes to uh, our industry um, sure. with bloated prices. So how is that working for you? Or, you know, is it not a problem? Very good question. Um, Bo, my... I'm going to interrupt you. In case you haven't noticed, I am full of good questions because that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> okay, so go ahead. So I have a real estate background. I'm in commercial real estate and some other endeavors that I do. I understand how they think. I understand I'm a landlord and a tenant. And a tenant. Mm. So I get it from both sides and I got it from both sides during the pandemic, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a fantastic relationship with some of the big uh, property owners and landlords in the city. And that's kind of a little bit of our secret sauce. We know when things are coming up. They come to us and say, we have this venue that's available. We have the space that's available. Are you interested? Um, mm-hmm. And so we get there very quickly to figure out, is this something that we can work with? Uh, so that's a, one advantage that I think we have. We know the real estate market. I understand they're thinking of the owners. Um, and, uh, you know, there's been a lot of give and take, as you can imagine, getting through COVID, uh, getting on the other side. 
Um, mm -hmm. it, it hasn't been, uh, you know, one where everyone's got to give to get to the, to get to the end. If, if everything's closed and there's no business, then we're not doing anything anyway. So right. we work hand in hand. Um, so that, that was one big, uh, uh, attribute that we had to be able to solidify, you know, we have a track record, um, of venues that we've, that we, that we've created big ones, small ones, they've done well. No one wants a tenant that's going to fail or has a big chance of failing. They have a little bit of an aversion to brand new upstarts that have never done this. So we had a little bit of that going on our side. So you um, have a little bit of an edge. A little bit of an edge. With you have that. actually, you, being a landlord as well, you have a little bit more than an edge. It's Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Thanks for listening to Real Fun DC. Now back to Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Let's talk about your properties and what they are. And let's just kind of break through them and talk about the vision. Sure. So we can start with the one that we finally got open. Um, it's been going on for about a month now. It's been wonderfully received, Saatchi. And where uh, is Saatchi? What's the address? So Saatchi is at 727 15th Street across from Joe's Seafood and recently sure on the corner right there at 15th and H. Um, Cheesecake Factory opened up next to us. Very oh, close so to that's, where, that's where um, Jeff Bubin's place used to be, right? Uh, Late Lounge is where it was. It was the, this club was Recess, and then, it, uh -huh. and then we took it over. We changed it to Late Lounge, and okay. now it's Saatchi. Yeah. Saatchi. Okay, and what's the feel? What's the, like, what, what do we got going on there? Sure. So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say great question. <laughs> so it is a dive into an Asian kind of secret garden. It's, it's very embellished. It's a beautiful jewel box of a club. Um, mm -hmm. We have um, amazing lighting system in there that we generally do not see in DC. We have um, I design a gentleman named uh, Michael Meacham worked hand in hand with us. They did the lighting at 11, a lot of these giant clubs around the world in Miami. And um, they did the lighting system. We have tons of uh, uh, curated uh, panels that we did, an amazing VIP area and just the entire ceiling of the club. And we worked and what's with the, what's the music like? Does it change? And I guess I should have asked this before we, we delved into all the different clubs, but like our promoter, like, do you work with promoters and they have parties on certain night? Is that still a thing? That, that is still a thing. Um, we do do that. We are promoter driven at this point. We have a great party on Saturday that's more hip hop. And on Fridays, we have more of a Latin feel, more of a kind of a Latin hip hop feel on, on, on Fridays. We're only open two days right now. Um, okay. And we're very careful with, uh, with what we're going to bring to the club to open up other days. Mm -hmm. um, we're in no rush. We want to make sure we have the right people. And these are all local D DC artists uh, and DJs at play. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so far, it's been fantastic. You know, we're, not, we're off the beaten path. If someone's going to go there, they're driving there, they're Ubering there, they're, they're biking there. Please Uber. If you're going to a club, exactly. you're going to be drinking. Just Uber. Everybody, just I mean, Uber. Exactly. Get the Uber drivers back. Figure it out. But there you are. don't drive. You Please are. don't drive. And so they got to make an effort to come there. It's not a place they're going to cross our path like in DuPont or Georgetown. So if they're coming there, they're, they're coming, coming there. there. Right. So let me ask you a question for somebody like me who's in her early 50s, who still loves to go out. I mean, I live my life going out. I made a career out of it. Um, is this a place where I could go and be like, yeah, this is totally my vibe. I could be here. Or you're like, mm, not yet. I'm in my early 50s and I love it. Okay. So, so yes, it is. 
Yes, okay, it you is. look really, I figured you were like 10 years younger than me. So I'm shocked that you're, we're probably maybe the same age, but okay. Yes. So you have Sachi, <laughs> you have 12 DuPont Circle. What yes. is that location? Okay, so uh, this is 1212 18th Street. Uh-huh. And it's going to be called 12 after 12, a plan. Is this on, the one with all the problems? Well, this is the one that this was the original uh, before us, 18th Street Lounge was in this location. Right. Okay. And I've always loved that location. The location was shuttered. It was closed. Uh, right. We found out that it was available. It could uh-huh. have been, who knows what it could have been. It could have I been know, exactly. Can I ask a question about that? I mean, listen, 18th Street Lounge has been around for had been around for years, a yeah. really long time. My girlfriend worked there like that yeah. a long time ago. But I mean, that place had to be trashed. Well, you know, it's an iconic place in DC. I have a lot so of did respect. You have to, did you have to go in from the ground up and clean it up? Yes, we retooled the space from the from literally the 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 walls out. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been working on it for a year. We put a mm-hmm. lot of time and energy into it. Um, and the, it, it took also months and months to really curate what we wanted to do there. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, opinions on the place, which I respect. A lot of people had history there. Um, you know, it's not, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I know you had history there, but it's not the 18th Street Lounge anymore. The new club. So exactly. Exactly. I'm just going to tell you something that you already know. You're going to get blowback. I mean, you got blowback already. That, sure. looks, that looks silly yeah. to me personally, but I think you're going to have a lot of people be like, well, it's not this, it's not that. Well, if it was so great as the 18th Street Lounge, it lasted a long time, but now it's not, and you're doing something new. Absolutely. And what I wanted was the space. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, DuPont Circle is the Times Square of DC. Mm-hmm. And we have three things there. We're I think Penn right- Quarter would sort of fight with you, but I'll let you have it. They'll do good out with me, I'm sure. So we have an amazing space in an amazing location. It's up to us to do the rest. Now, okay. we're going to give it our best effort. And uh, basically, what we want this place to be, it's going to be new. It's going to be different. We're bringing a whole different flavor to it. It is a beautiful piece of property. This is the uh, location where, uh, you know, uh, it has a lot of history, this building. There isn't many like it in DC. In in 1897, when Roosevelt was Assistant Secretary of the Navy, he lived in this building. So there's a Roosevelt room. Um, And, uh, you know, four years later, he was president. It's it's on the the rolls uh, of the government as being this, this super iconic building. And we have the luxury of having a giant 8,000 square foot space um, that we have embellished into a, almost like a Newport mansion. Uh, We wanted to have the vibe of you're invited to this, you know, this kind of opulent, gilded, alabaster, marble, beautiful mansion uh, in the the summer in Newport um, that your cool relative owns. And you're invited to the party every night. Um, We have an amazing uh, uh, um, outdoor area, um, that's going to look like you're in the, you know, the, the great gas. Did they have an out, did, did 18th street lounge have an outdoor area? There is a, a, a space in the back that is open and we've been really working on it to make it a great place, uh, to have this, uh, additional out, out, venue out there made the bars mm-hmm. bigger. They did have one and we're, we're really putting air conditioning back there and making it a more comfortable embellished place for people to hang out. Um, and when what's um, and again you'll work with promoters for nightly sort of themes and stuff like that or do you I don't think we're going to have a lot of promoters there but we're going to have a lot of local artists 
Okay. So, so far, uh, we're hoping to have that open soon, but today with the, the clubs that we have open so far, we have all local photographers, all local artists, all local mm -hmm. models, all local makeup people, videographers that have, that have helped us with our promotions and our artists uh, that have put murals in our clubs and photos in our clubs. Everyone is from D.C. Um, and we're doing the same thing here. We have a lot of musicians that are still not back playing um, that we're hoping to bring here. The, you know, like COVID has been over music? for a lot of people. It's not over. Live music or DJs? Live music. We're going to have bands. Wow. We're going to have brand new uh, life in there with DJs and, and, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, bands that have never played in that space before, artists that have never played in that space before. Uh, right. We have the luxury of it being multiple levels, so we can have a lot going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, we have a fun champagne room. I don't want to give away too much. Um, you know, we're well, thinking. Well, the champagne room has my name all over. Yes, it does. So that and we'll have great. a seat for you. <laughs> okay. All right. But let's move on. Just one wanna... last thing is oh, the, yeah. the inside of it. Uh, you know, the breakers in Newport, the Rosecliff and the Marble House, these famous houses, the Rosecliff was actually where Gatsby was filmed. And that's the vibe we're going for, this kind of opulent, cool mansion that you can come to anytime. I love it. Do we have like, are we hoping for August? Do you think so? We are hoping, I don't need a date. We are hoping for August. Okay, great. Um, okay, so you've got Koi and Sugar. Koi and Sugar and Bulldog. Okay, and where are they? And Sugar's on 14th Street. Where yes. on 14th Street? So it's around the 2000 block, um, not too far from Provisions 14. Oh, okay. Um, uh, near uh, Seven Reasons. I think uh -huh. it's uh, very close. Yeah, so it's to up. It's up. Down. Yeah, a little bit. Of, I, work out at, I work out at 305. So you know your real estate. You I know, know where it is. <laughs> so um, Sugar is going to be a kind of a little bit of a bombastic, colorful, Latin vibe, amazing uh, rums and tequilas, mm. um, very colorful place. We have a rooftop there, um, which is rare in DC, no matter where you are, rare in the neighborhood that we're in. Um, it's not a giant place. Um, I was going to say that that real estate there, those are not big buildings. They're not huge buildings, no. So what did you take it over from? What was there before? Before us was Saki Rum was in that. That's state. what I thought. Yeah, yeah. So that's a little. Is it? It's. A, it looks from the exterior a little narrow, but that place was just like that was a pretty new place. So they must have yeah, like, it's, given it's, you a the, good gutting. The building, the building goes all the way back to the alley, and then the rooftop is just as big as the first floor. Okay. So it's 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 a nice space. You know, it's not a mega club or a mega restaurant by any means, but it's a nice place. And we're hoping to really fit this. You know, liquor also changes uh, uh, taste. Uh, uh, vodka was a big thing. People are really getting into these uh, these uh, uh, different types of tequilas these days and rums these days. So we were going to have very crafted um, cocktails, tapas type food, and mm. just a very lively atmosphere. And, and so is it more, is sugar more restaurant? Um, it'll be both. We have a pretty big kitchen there. Um, so we're going to have a lot of small plates. That's going to be our thing. Um, small plates and great cocktails and music. We're going to have DJs. We're going to have music on the roof. Not too loud, but downstairs be a little bit more bombastic downstairs. <laughs> yeah, you can't have it too loud <laughs> in that neighborhood. Totally. And then yeah, Koi, is, where's Koi? Koi is at 14th and K, 14, uh -huh. 13 to be exact. Okay. Um, and it is really an amazing space when we saw it. Um, back in the early 90s, there was a restaurant, Sushi Lounge, that I loved. And it was just, in my idea, it was so far ahead of its time. And Which it was one? Always on, it was, it was um, Dragonfly. 
Oh, I remember Dragonfly, which was across from the 18th, 18th Street Lounge. Yes, it was right there. And they did do, it was sushi during the day. It was all white, glass all front. White. I mean, I remember yeah. it very well, but th yes. that became a club at night. It did. You know, we, we love the owners. We know the owners now. We have great respect for them. Um, it was, I was always inspired by that place. It, it was minimalist. It was beautiful. We went a little bit of a different route, but we wanted to build a really fun sushi lounge that got a little bit more active as the night went on. It's not the place where you're going to, hey, I'm hungry for sushi. Let's go get a roll. No. If you want to have an experience and be emerged into just a cool vibe, um, this is the, the place we're going for. We have 1,875 uh, light spheres on the walls, 25-foot video monitors, and it almost has this Blade Runner-esque kind of feel to it. Um, uh, and uh, we're going to have amazing uh, sushi um, uh, with our chef, our, our chef uh, Jackie Nakazima, but it's really an experience. Um, I always wanted to go get sushi around happy hour and have a great time. I never found the right place. And the only places I could find were sushi places that were in hotels. Those are the only places that were open early. Those have come and gone. Um, so if you want to go somewhere at three, four o'clock, which I'm hoping that's when we're going to be open, have an amazing cocktail in a really cool in, uh, environment, have great sushi. And then as the week gets later and the night gets later, it starts to ramp up. The, the, sure. the visuals ramp up. The music's ramp up. We have DJs. It's just going to be an experience. Our attitude is you can go anywhere. And all the way from my, our employees to our patrons to our vendors, they can go anywhere. So this company really was built to respect the fact that if you walk into our venue, we're grateful that you're there. You can be across the street. We're grateful that this person works for our company. They can work somewhere else. Um, and, you know, a lot of people say millennials, this millennials, that, you know, well, guess what? If you give someone a home and you respect them and they're really in their element doing what they, they love and they have a home, they're not going to go somewhere else for another dollar. They're going to stick with you. We're trying to build well, a so Let's segue to that because you are opening up all these places. You have some places open I and mean, we haven't even gotten through all of them, but I don't, we don't have a two hour show. So, um, but I think you bring up a good point. So with these places that you're opening which some of them are bigger than others that means staffing yeah and uh we are in a we were in a staffing crisis i think i say this on every show pre-pandemic but yes. in this current hopefully post-pandemic world we're it's i mean it's dire out there i mean i get my phone blows up every day with you know people in the industry being like who do you know what do you know front of the house back of the house so how do you go about not just finding people, but also giving them the training that they need so that the people like the diner can come in or the clever can come in and have the experience that they want. Because you're building it, they'll yes. come, but how do you keep them? Well, we've been lucky enough to be in an industry that a lot of young people just are drawn to. And we are constantly getting Instagram messages, Facebook messages, phone calls, that people want to intern or work for us for free, learn the business. They think it's so much fun. We have interns. We have people working in all sorts of all facets of the business for free. We have some of these interns working paid, but we have the luxury that if someone wants to go work, let's say for an IT company that does this or another blue collar industry, which I, I'm also into, this is fun. This mm -hmm. is hospitality. 
This is nightlife. This is where people go to have a good time in their spare time, which is precious. So mm -hmm. we don't take that time for granted. And we're able to be able to get great people because it's a real industry that's fun for them to be in compared to other opportunities they may have. Um, so we've had that advantage as well, just by chance. Now, as you know, hospitality got crushed in COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the question about employees, everything was a problem. Not only um, are we competing with Uncle Sam for, for the employees because of all the help they're getting, which is great, um, but no, 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 don't go gonna, down that road. That's a, yeah. that's a trope I don't like. So that is a, let's, let's pass that one. Go ahead. Flow. But we also had issues with kitchen equipment, with audio equipment, oh, with, yeah, I mean, with contractors to build things. There's so no champagne left. There's exactly. And people think you're kidding. I'm no, literally Moe's no. trying to make this. Cosmigos I know, can't. I know. Chris Hoyt is a good friend of mine. I'm well aware. He's like, it's, we got no champagne. I was like, that's impossible. You're so left. interesting. You can't get crazy. Them. We've been on the phone with our liquor vendors. They're like, okay, we have 180 cases of this. How much do you want? We pause for a second. Oh, it's gone. What? Uh, so right. people are, everyone's buying because, you know, DC was one of the most closed uh, cities in the nation. Mm -hmm. We had very strict rules during COVID and mm -hmm. we were the last to open up for the most very true. compared to other people. When it, the way it did open up was boom, not a lot of warning. So everyone was going to open up within the same 30 days. They got the green light. Everyone went after the same vendors and everything's on back order. You know, any, anything that has a, more than a few parts, you can't, you can't even get a bicycle. Um, well, also so don't forget the trucking industry has been hit hard. They just like, we don't have wait staff. They don't have drivers. I don't yes. know where all the people went, but yes. you know, or Uber, like all these yeah. Very I don't difficult. know where people went, but there's a lot of things. Yeah. Listen, I want to ask, you brought up IT, which I think is interesting, because during the pandemic, there was already um, platforms and technology for in the restaurant industry and clubbing industry that people were kind of tiptoeing around, but not yes. really using. Yes. So like GoTab is somebody I've worked with before, so I know them. And I remember always being like, I mean, I get it for bars or like for stadiums, but I didn't get it for restaurants. And then of course the pandemic happens. I was like, I'm sure you guys are doing really well now. Um, so as you open in this time period and we have this tech and people get it, you know, where you can just order on your phone and pay from your phone and tip from your phone, do everything from your phone. Is that something you're gonna be using? Because that's gonna make, to me, your life easier. Very interesting. I have had actually even neighbors uh, from a few years ago, their kids, super bright people, people that I've known from other industries that got into nightlife IT, if you can call it that. I've mm -hmm. had Zoom calls with our entire staff to hear their pitches. And at the end of their pitches, I said, you know what? This isn't going to work. Huh. Nightlife is not something that people want to run through with tech in my eyes. We try to keep it very old school. You know, this make your drink ahead of time, it'll get there, that's not gonna work. Well, what if you're stuck in that line? You know, the bartender's making a hundred drinks, yours, someone's gonna drink your drink by the time you get to it. And if you don't right. get to it quick, the ice is gonna melt. It's not gonna work. And, and a lot of these things, these are uh, third party companies that are taking your information of who's going to your club, what they're doing, where they're going. So we, we lose control of that. Um, and so there was a lot of issues that I said, you know what, 
It is not for this industry. The industry, keep in mind, a successful club. Let, let's pick one of the clubs that I know that does amazing. It's open 15 hours a week. Right. So let's split that up into a night. You have three, four hours in a night to crush whatever you make you're your doing. money. Mm -hmm. You don't have time for hiccups, mistakes, your system coming down, all these fancy things. People want to come in, they want to have a good time. They're not going to be uploading, downloading, you know, passwording. They're not doing that. They're, they're there and they want to have a great time. And that's the last thing they want to deal with. So we try to keep it old school. I don't think those things are going to work. More power to these people that are doing them. Maybe someone's going to hit on something. I'm all about technology and gadgets. But so far from what I've seen, we're keeping it simple. So from what you've seen so far, it doesn't work for your model. No. Okay. Totally get it. All right. Listen, Bo. The show's over, man. Um, I, I could go down rabbit holes with you all day because uh, I think what you're doing is really interesting. Uh, so I want to thank you so much for joining me. Can you tell people where they can find, is there just a Babylon site or someplace where they can find yes. about all your properties and when they're opening? Yes, all the Babylon venues are on the babylongroup.com. It's the babylon-group.com. Uh, we're also on Instagram. We have a lot of uh, uh, in, uh, content over there. So they can get in touch with us through the venues on Instagram, through Babylon Group. Um, and we're, we're here. We're here for the community. We're DC-based and we're, we're giving DC hopefully what, what we think they want. Excellent. All right, Bo, thank you so much for joining me. Well, that was a trip down memory lane for me talking about clubbing and what clubs are like now. And given that I'm about to be an empty nester, I think I may grab my old platform shoes and maybe my sequin bra and uh, go out, go out clubbing again. There's good places to go. So I want to thank my guest, uh, Bo uh, from the Babylon Group for joining me today and filling me in about all these great places. Of course, you can find all of that on the list, areyouwanna.com. And you want to follow me at NYCCI, N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, listen, everybody. Trying to get out and have some fun. The restaurants are open. The clubs are opening. We're in mid-August. It's all fun. But I hope to God you're all safe. You are social distancing if necessary. You are wearing a mask if it's called for. And if you haven't been vaccinated, I can't help you people. Please get vaccinated. Uh, turn up that music. Let's get our dancing shoes on. Let's go clubbing. Have a delicious week. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Real Fun DC.